the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, let's get into a Friday show here on the Dave Ellswick Show. If I look, if I sound a little bit different, we're using a different piece of equipment today, so uh, you'll be able to hear me and things are going to be okay. We're going to make things work out. It's just one of those kinds of days. It's a Monday on Friday is what we've got going on right now. On the, on the line with me, Robert Steinbach, who is a professor of law over at the Bowen School of Law. He, of course... Uh, has opinions that are his and his alone and not necessarily those of the school of law or the university to which it's attached, though it should be. Robert, how are you today? I'm doing well, my friend. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Hey, we're going to have a great guest joining us at 635. State Senator Gary Stubblefield is going to join us, and we're going to talk to him about a piece of legislation that got through the House, got to the floor of the House, was passed on the floor yesterday, and it's the Arkansas Sovereignty Act of uh, 2021. So it has passed the House. I'm not sure if it's passed the Senate yet or not. He'll be able to explain that to us, and he'll explain exactly what the Sovereignty Act does. So uh, that's up at 635. I'm looking forward to it. Gary's a great American, a great Arkansan, and a great conservative. And we need more great conservatives in the Arkansas legislature. I'm sorry to say, and you know I'm repeating it. You've heard me say it now too many times. We have a a lot of Republicans, you know, in the legislature, Dave. I wish we had a lot of conservatives. You know, I can't even get the Dave Ellswick free speech on campus bill part two from Dan Sullivan through the Education Committee. Do you know that? I I had heard that. Yeah. And the holdup is with James Sturch. He's not the only one, but that's where the linchpin is. I always say that name reminds me. You remember Larry Storch from the F Troop? Well, James Sturch uh, um, is, is holding up free speech on campus. These are supposed to be conservatives, Dave. Explain to me. Explain to me, if you can, how a conservative is uh, responsive to leftist academia, not the population, not the citizenry of Arkansas, because that's what's going on right now. I can tell you, you know yeah, about please. how Sturge got got into the state senate. He, he took the seat of that. Linda. He took the seat of Linda Collins Smith. Yeah, uh, he defeated her in the primary, and uh, the governor got out and campaigned for him because he wanted him in there, and he didn't want Linda Collins Smith. Uh, he picked her off because she was too much of a conservative. Now think about there this for a moment. There Linda Collins Smith, Linda Collins Smith, 
joined the Republican Party about 10 years ago. And, uh, of course, she has passed away uh, over that time. But the, the key is, is that she was uh, she was holding down the conservative cause very well uh, in the state Senate and then was, uh, you know, defeated by Sturch. Sturch, of course, if everybody remembers when he was in the uh, the, the state house, when uh, special elections, uh, a piece of legislation, Alan Kerr was running, trying to get rid of special elections. Uh, when it was time to uh, vote, suddenly he got a call while he was sitting at his desk uh, in the uh, state house when, and uh, left from uh, you know his seat and didn't cast his vote, and that bill lost by one vote. I don't think it was by uh, circumstance that uh, he happened to get up and walk away. So, yeah, the shenanigans have been going on around Sturch for a long time. you got to find out who he's reporting to. Well, it's clear he's reporting to the big leftist academia industrial complex because he's not reporting to the people. And, uh, you know, our good friends at Conduit, uh, I hope they're going to start looking for someone to primary Sturch the way Sturch primaried uh, Linda Collins-Smith, because Uh it's time for the leftists who call themselves Republicans to go. I will show them the door. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I mean, we we we're red, but we're not as red as we should be. Let's just put it that way. There you know what we some, are? We're pink. We ain't red. Yeah. We're pink. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't got to the, the solid red. We haven't gotten to, you know, Texas. Uh, we haven't gotten into Oklahoma territory. We're going to get there. I do believe that. Uh, and it, it might take, you know, it may take another another shot at it. To get it done, but uh, it should well, happen. By the yeah. way, did you see the right. big story about uh, uh, Sarah? I was just going to mention her, but in a different context. No, which story is that? Well, it was announced yesterday that she has raised five million dollars. That's fantastic. Well, yeah, what I was going to mention. Go ahead. It's a, it's the largest amount of money ever. Ever raised by by an Arkansas candidate. It's absolutely. No, I know you weren't convinced. It's absolutely wonderful. Uh, And I was going to sort of contextualize that in in a slightly different way. Think about this. We're going to have Sarah as governor. That's a a done deal. I mean, she's going to win the primary, and there's no Democrat that can win the state uh, at a state level office, at a constitutional office. She's the next governor. Tim Griffin is the next uh, AG, and uh, Jason Rapert, who I've endorsed, as you know, I've endorsed all three, by the way, for what it's worth. (laughs) I say that for what it's worth, meaning uh, I'm not sure Sarah needs my endorsement or Tim uh, or Jason, but uh, I'll endorse them anyway. And the old joke goes, you know, uh, with that, maybe they'll lose two votes. But in any event, (laughs) uh, um, uh, uh, I've endorsed all three. Uh, Those are three solid conservatives. So we won't be having chatter from the constitutional offices negatively affecting uh, the legislature. But more importantly, it's going to hopefully be the vanguard 
uh, through which we can install more conservatives in the legislature. I'm no longer concerned. I'm not sure I ever was, but if I was, I'm certainly no longer concerned about what label you wear when you come to the legislature, uh, be it Democrat or Republican. I'm I'm sorry. I'm not. You know why? I'm concerned whether you're conservative or not. In fact, oh, I, I, I I think it was Teague. Isn't there a a representative named Teague, who's a Democrat, yes. who's yes. who's conservative. I'm not saying he's conservative yes. across the board. I haven't done a full analysis, frankly. But he voted really well on a couple of really solid bills. And I was talking with Dan Sullivan about him. And I said, hey, this guy's really good. And he's a Democrat. So guess what? I'll take, I'll take three of Teague's uh, before I'll take one of Sturch. I mean that. I don't care what label you wear. Yes, I believe in party and party unity to a point, not to the point that we are chopping off our feet uh, despite our face. I totally butchered that, by the way. But you take my. Yeah, name. I know. That's all right. Uh, right. Uh, so the point <laughs> is that we need good conservatives. We need people who are thinking right. And I use the word right uh, with its double meaning. Uh, so uh, if we have a good conservative, most of the time uh, in Teague, is it Larry Teague? I think it's Larry. Um, yes. Uh, great. Uh, if we have a, a bad conservative, a non-conservative in, in Sturch, uh, well, time to go. That's the door. Well, we got another. We've got we got several like that. I mean, Hawks is yeah. a perfect example uh, up there by Conway of of that kind of a conservative. <laughs> he preaches that he's a conservative, but when it comes down time to vote, he either votes no or he doesn't vote at all, which is like voting no. Oh, Hawks! You know what I've noticed about yeah. Hawks? He's absent more times than he's there while he's there. Meaning he's just not voting. And as you know, Dave, and I'll remind your audience, uh, not voting is a no vote. But this is the way That's they say, well, I didn't vote no. Oh, yes, you did. Let's be clear. If you don't vote yes, it's a no vote. And there's a special That's provision right. now that you haven't excused. Like Alan Clark, uh, unfortunately, I, don't, I frankly don't, work, don't, don't know if his father – I know his father is ill, but I don't know if it's even worse than that. But he was absent a few days because of the uh, and understandably, to be clear, uh, uh, because of his father's condition, uh, he had an excused. That's what shows up uh, on the voting record. If you're there and you don't have an excuse, that means you're supposed to be voting. And yeah, that means you you sat you sat in your seat and you just looked at the button. That's right. That's right. So that's a no vote. Uh, And to be clear, that's worse than a no vote because you don't even have the backbone to vote no. Yeah, that's a cowardly no vote. That's a cowardly. That's what that is. Yeah, that's exactly what exactly what it is. And you were paid to do your job. Hey, I'll give you one freebie, one freebie every session where you and by the way, you don't need to vote. You don't need to not vote. Then you would vote present. I'll give you one present a session uh, to say, meaning you're not quite sure and you don't want, you know, you just haven't fully formed an opinion. One, if it's more than one, here's the deal. Go get another job. That's like the, that's like the <laughs> fry cook at McDonald's, not putting the fries in the cooker. And he said, well, I'm not quite sure. Your job is to cook the fries. Your job is to vote on legislation. If you can't vote on legislation, go do something else. Hey, maybe be a fry cook at McDonald's. 
Yeah, maybe so. Maybe that's what's happening. I mean, he needs. Uh, I think that he'll be primaried, though. I don't know what he's going to do. From what I'm hearing, uh, since Rayford is going to run for uh, the uh, lieutenant governor's position, it looks like that he'll give up his senatorial position, and somebody will have to run for his senate seat. And I'm hearing Hawks is thinking about doing that. But then our good friend Chris Corbett is thinking about doing that as well. So that will be an interesting race to to say the least and there's some other names that are out there as well all right well hold on let's take a break do us do me a favor call our good friend chris and uh, find and wake him up and tell him to join us here uh this morning so he can be part of the show and uh, we'll continue with the dave ellswick show here on 1011 fm the answer yeah i am stimulated right now i am so stimulated i can hardly sit in my chair doing a great job there 621 in the morning. It's a Friday, last day of the week. Welcome back to the show. Robert Steinbach is with me. He is uh, joining me from his home. Uh, We are uh, talking, or we just got done talking, about uh, people who are not voting, calling themselves uh, conservative Republicans. I mean, they may be a Republican. I mean, they are. They're sitting in a seat, and they were they were elected as a Republican, but as far as a conservative Republican, uh, it's questionable. And, uh, no, it's not questionable, you know, Dave. What... no, it's not questionable. They're not conservatives. James Church is okay. not a conservative. Sorry. Sorry. That's yeah. That's I guess I'm going to say the same thing about Hawks. Hawks is not well, a conservative. I'm not going to disagree with you. <laughs> I ain't going to disagree with you. That's exactly right. Yeah. Sorry, if you're not voting, particularly for conservative bills, if you are holding up uh, the Dave Ellswick free speech on campus bill part two because you're against free speech, because you're in favor of leftist academics squelching speech, telling you, oh, that's offensive. I can't hear that. You're not allowed to say that. I'm a, a delicate daisy. Then you ain't a conservative. Yeah, and, it, and it's not like he's that he's offering anything to make it better. You know what I'm saying? Zero. I, if you got a zero, if you got a if you got a problem, say what your problem is and say and come to you or come to Dan Sullivan, who's carrying the bill, and say, Indeed. look, I can't vote for this if this piece is still in it, and here's why, and make a make a logical argument about why, and if it doesn't totally change the bill and destroy the bill, maybe Dan Sullivan, you know, strikes a line through it so that you can vote for it. But he's he's not even doing that. Oh, here's what he said, Dave. You'll love this. He said, well, uh, if nobody's suing, then we don't have a problem. Wait, what? First of all, there is a lawsuit yeah. out there about academic freedom. Uh, so that's he, he doesn't even know the facts. But it's more important. Nobody's suing. We don't have a problem. So wait, you wait till somebody is abused by some leftist academic uh, and yep. then has to file, hire an attorney because, you know, that's real easy to do. I'm an attorney. Chris is an attorney. So we have access to each other and others. But the average uh, Joe citizen can hire an attorney? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, So Joe Citizen has to hire an attorney, file a lawsuit, and then he's going to peek his head up uh, like a gopher sticking his head out of a hole uh, and say, oh, maybe I should do something. Your job is to be proactive as a legislator and make sure that Arkansans don't have problems from the get-go. But what he's doing 
to be clear, what Sturch is doing, he supports cancel culture. Because that's what the left yes, is all about does. in academia. It's cancel culture. You're not allowed to say this. You're not allowed to do that. And this bill protects free speech on campus so individuals won't be canceled. So James Sturch is part of the cancel culture. Good for him. Now, one of, one of the things that uh, they, uh, they, that people who cancel is the administration. And the administration at the universities are watching uh you know, folks' uh, Facebooks and Twitter accounts and and all kinds of stuff. And if you happen to say something that's out of out of lockstep with them, they will punish you. Is that not true, Dave? You you could not be more correct. The fact is that currently, uh, leftist administrators could punish you for what you say on your Facebook page at home. Wait, what? That's right. You can be punished for what you say on your Facebook page at home. And the Dave Ellswick Free Speech on Campus Bill Part 2, run by Dan Sullivan, offered by Dan Sullivan, would prevent that. Isn't that a simple bill? Isn't that a basic concept? Isn't that what we understand free speech to be? You might be thinking, well, Rob, wait, Rob, we've got the First Amendment. No, 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 Dave. And I know you're not saying this, but uh, uh, no, 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 Dave. The First Amendment doesn't protect that because years of leftist judges have watered down the First Amendment almost as much as they have watered down the Second Amendment. So unfortunately, you might say, well, that's not really what it means. OK, you keep stabbing at that windmill. The, the fact is that the First Amendment doesn't offer you that protection today. So we need something else. Oh, you know what that is? The Dave Ellswick Free Speech on Campus uh, Bill Part 2, offered by Dan Sullivan, held up by J- by James Sturch. Held up now here, by James Sturch. Here, here's the key everybody has to understand. Um, if you read the news at all, you understand that administrations in colleges are as liberal as the day is long. And because of that, liberals say whatever they want to on their Facebooks or Twitter feeds or whatever, and nothing happens. But if you're a conservative like you or other, there's a few others that are out there and you say something, they come down on you like a ton of bricks. Dave, you could not be more correct on two grounds. First of all, there have been studies academic studies that demonstrate that administrations at universities across the country are more liberal than faculty. And now think about that, because you're like, oh, gosh, those faculty members on the whole, you know, Steinbuck aside, uh, they're a bunch of super leftists. (laughs) And that's true. Uh, It ain't nothing when you compare it to administrations. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is people, the conservatives, so misunderstand tenure. Oh, well, that tenure, tenure protects a bunch of incompetent leftists. No. Leftist administrators protect leftist academics. So whether the leftist academic is incompetent or competent, no one's going after them. Tenure has the potential to protect the handful of conservatives who otherwise will be booted out based on their political beliefs. That's what tenure protects. Tenure protects academics based on their political beliefs. That's what it was designed for, and that's what it does. So years ago, it used to protect the leftists when administrations were dominant, we're talking 50 years ago, were dominated by conservatives or you know, moderate conservatives. But 
administrations now are more left than faculty. And so tenure, to the extent that it offers any protection, and it's been quite a bit watered down in Arkansas and elsewhere, but particularly in, in Arkansas, uh, it protects conservatives. So, uh, you know, enough about the tenure. Uh, what we need to so, be concerned about is the few ac- academics who are conservative can say on campus or off campus some conservative views. And the free speech on campus bill uh, offered by Dan Sullivan would offer just a modicum of protection. It's really a rather modest bill because Dan himself said, listen, let's not get ahead of our, ourselves. Let's not get too far out of uh, over our skis. Let's just simply offer a little bit advancement on the bill that we passed last session, what was known as the Form Act. In other words, the Dave Ellswick Free Speech on Campus Part 1 bill. Let's offer a little bit. Let's incrementally advance that. There's nothing sort of uh, out there about the bill. And James Sturch has held up that bill because he's not conservative and he's not for free speech. All right. We've got to get a break. We've got news coming up, Robert. And when we come back, We'll be joined by State Senator uh, Stubblefield, and he'll be with us, and he's going to talk about his piece of legislation that passed through the House yesterday, House uh, Committee, and then out on the floor, passed on the floor. And this is the uh, Arkansas Sovereignty Bill uh, Act of uh, 2021. We'll find out exactly what's in that and where it goes from the House. We'll do that after the news, which is right now. All right, back with you here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. We're expecting a call any moment from State Senator Gary Stubblefield. Uh, We're going to talk to him about his piece of legislation. We'll have about 10 minutes with him. And uh, yesterday it passed uh, overwhelmingly on the House floor, and uh, that is the Arkansas Sovereignty uh, Act of 2021, it passed yesterday, and uh, I wanted to get the uh, senator on to talk about uh, that piece of legislation so everybody understands exactly what it does. It's an important piece of legislation, especially now that the Democrats are in control in Washington, D.C. Really important. Basically, here's, the, here's my short version of it. It highlights the Tenth Amendment of the Constitution and says we're going to abide by it. How's that one, guys? That's pretty good. Well, it's great. And Dave, uh, you know that Gary is a wonderful conservative. And we just spent the last half hour talking about these non-conservative Republicans. Uh, Chris is on the line uh, with us, I'll uh, say for your audience, Dave. And Chris, as you know, is uh, is likely going to run for office. And we talked about how uh, Sturch is not a conservative. Uh, you brought up how Hawks has demonstrated uh, a lack of conservatism as well. And Chris might be running against uh, Hawks. Uh, but Gary is the opposite. He is a wonderful conservative. And that's we need more Gary Stubblefields in the legislature. It's that simple. And we've got, well, here's, uh, you know, a good handful, but we need more. Here's what Senator Stubblefield is, my kind of conservative guy. He doesn't say a lot, but what he says carries a lot of weight. You know, he's almost the opposite of me. I'm a bunch of hot air talking all the time, saying very little. And Gary Stubblefield says very little and means a lot. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. He when he when he uh, pines in, you know, you should be quiet and listen to what the man has to say. He's 
You know, he's he's been uh, really the guy who's he's jumped into the breach many times and taken on right. the really tough bills that are out there and and gotten them passed or gotten them killed. It's, it's that simple. Chris, you've joined us. How are you doing today, brother? I'm doing fantastic. Sorry for my late call in. And uh, y'all nailed it. The Tenth Amendment. The Tenth yeah, Amendment. The power is not delegated to the U.S nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states. And we know where he's going with it, right? When you you count all those amendments and and you're going down, you go not – when you're a Democrat, you go Amendment 9, Amendment 11. Uh, (laughs) They go go right over the 10th. They don't even want to talk about the 10th Amendment. Well, it's a a big deal. Yeah, the 10th Amendment – mitigates their power that's right that's right and and i i think dave that it it allows to the states to individually experiment it allows them to per se legalize marijuana and let's see what happens in the state of colorado right yeah let's see what happens in the state of new york (laughs) new york you know they've they've uh They've approved recreational marijuana up there, but they've been all yep. they've been so high and out of it for years. I thought they were smoking anyway. <laughs> you know, here's the interesting thing: if you look what's going on with COVID, all the Democratic states are slow to give out the vaccine compared to the Republican states, and the Republican states are doing much better in terms of attacking the virus than the Democratic states, even though, well, we are, government's good for the people. Really? Because a buddy of mine's up in, in New Jersey right now, Democratic state. He still can't get the shot. Yeah. He also lives down in Florida, and he's traveling down to Florida shortly because you know what he says? Because I can get the shot down there in Republican Florida. By the way, let me say for your audience, Dave, uh, that both you and I have already gotten both of our shots. Chris is scheduled yep. to get his shot. Uh, we I got him. mine. I got mine. Yeah. Oh, you, you got, got your it. first That's one. Fantastic. I got my first one. It was it, it was simple too. Literally. Right. Yeah. Dude, I, mean, I think I was four or five days out. I got it at Kroger here in Conway. Yeah, I'll just tell you right now. The first shot is no problem. May make your arm a little bit sore. Second shot may make you feel a little bit peaked just because you've got those those live uh, antibodies in your blood, and then you take the second shot, and it reacts to them. In fact, I was talking to Russ McKinney, who is our, of course, engineer and operations manager uh, at Salem, good friend of mine, had been my producer at one time, and he uh, he had get, gotten the antibodies when he had COVID-19, and when he got the shot, the I think he got the Pfizer shot, uh, made him feel kind of, really peak it there for a while because of the of uh, the his body reacted to it but uh, he's doing good now i talked to him this morning he's good. he's doing fine good to hear. he's doing really well yeah and it's, uh, it's let's, very short term it's a day or two basically yeah. you feel like if, if you if, at worst you feel like i had no reaction zero zero reaction and most people you? do statistically they show zero but some people uh, uh, you know have a little bit of reactions like a cold uh, and just remember the vaccine there's no uh, live virus the reaction you're feeling is that the vaccine is attacking um, those uh, the, you, those internal parts of your body uh, that uh, um, that uh, have the potential to cause problems. So it's it is an entirely safe uh, um, 
procedure. Uh, and I really encourage people to go out and get your vaccine. Don't be afraid of the vaccine. I, I unfortunately, I think there's some people out there that are giving misinformation. Mind you, I'm not telling you you have to. And I think that's a good conservative position. You know, it's not that you must have it, but don't be afraid of it. Don't worry about it. it it's safe. And it, it's much, much, much safer than actually catching COVID. I'll be honest with you. I, I haven't had any problems at all, except that my third eye that sprouted on my forehead, <laughs> I, I I tend to have a little bit of dry eye with it. So I got to put drops with in the third it each eye. morning. And, and what about the uh, the Martians tracking you because they put yeah. in the Martian tracker? Uh, 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 have they done that? Have you have you been communicated yeah, yeah. to by the Martians? <laughs> You know, I've got, I've got a, I'm being, I'm being tracked. You know why? I got a cell phone. There you go. Exactly. You don't need to I mean, wa- worry about vaccine Martian trackers because you got a cell no. phone. That's right. Absolutely. They're, they can track you with that if they want to. Well, guys, let's go ahead and get a break. I will contact uh, uh, Senator Stubblefield and uh, see if we can get him on the line so we can talk to him about. I think right, it's right. SB two eighty nine. So uh, you uh, hold on. Go get yourself a cup of coffee. Chris, you got a cup of coffee? Um, I just made it. Okay. Well, you you sip on your coffee. We'll be back in a moment. Let's send it back to Heidi at the uh, uh, the station uh, at the uh, Starship, you know, Starship Enterprise. And Heidi, it's mm-hmm. all yours. We'll be back in just a moment. All right. I got in touch with uh, State Senator Gary Stubblefield. He should be calling in any moment now as soon as he does. Uh, then we will uh, sit down and, and talk with him, a uh, way to kind of paint that and, and talk about a piece of legislation that he ran this session dealing with state sovereignty. Uh, it's a big win that it passed through the House. I'm not sure if it's already been through the Senate or not. I tend, I think it did. And if if that's the case, then passing the House yesterday should send it to the governor's desk for his his signature. That'd be great. That'd be great. uh, I don't know if it's a related point or not, but uh, Jason gave me a shout out on the Senate floor yesterday uh, regarding a bill that I assisted in. And it's always nice to 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 have such an acknowledgement, although not necessary. And so uh, I'd like to return the favor and thank him uh, for doing that. I thought that was a really kind thing to do. Um, He's a good man. You know, he is a really good man. And, uh, you know, he wants to get into the lieutenant governor's uh, position. There's a lot of people going to be running for a lot of different positions. That's something after the after we get done with uh, the session that we'll turn our attention to and who's going to be running where and what positions they're going to want to get. And then, of course, the other big, big issue yet to be uh, taken care of uh, this year is uh, redistricting. And the only reason yeah. it hasn't been addressed during this session is because the uh, uh, census information has not been made available to the states yet so that we can see where the people are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, it's that's going to be important. That's going to help Chris uh, here, Chris Corbett, determine uh, exactly what path he charts. Uh, but as we've been discussing now for many months, uh, uh, I'm strongly encouraging, and I think it's highly likely that Chris is going to run for office um, at, up there in Conway. 
so, and you can already see Chris Corbett driving around in his uh, Chris Corbett Justice Bus, uh, which will soon be the Chris Corbett uh, for Arkansas Justice Bus. Uh, and he's uh, making sure that every citizen's rights are protected, and he's making sure that conservative values are expressed across this state. And that's really what we need. We need conservatives in the legislature. We talked about this at the beginning of the show, uh, and unfortunately, we have a lot of Republicans. That's not unfortunate, but the unfortunate part is that we have a lot of Republicans who aren't conservative. That is unfortunate. Yeah. And with that in mind, let's talk to a Republican who is conservative. State Senator Gary Stubblefield joins us. And, Senator, thanks for making time for us today here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Thank you for having me, Dave. Well, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. You had a piece of legislation yesterday uh, at the State House uh, that passed through committee, and uh, I understand it went to the floor and passed. This is the uh, Arkansas Sovereignty Act of 2021. Explain to my listeners what this act will do. Well, just to put it real simple, it will stop all uh, unconstitutional federal regulations and executive orders and directives that come down from Washington. And it will also protect our law enforcement officers from not having to cooperate to enforce these unconstitutional executive orders and laws coming down from, from Washington, D.C. And it also and reaffirms, like I, when I introduced the bill, it reaffirms, you know, our state's sovereignty. I think a lot of states are, are finally waking up and realizing that the Constitution granted them a lot more power than they did the federal government. And for years and years, uh, I think it's been the other way around. And uh, I hope they wake up and realize that if we're going to save this constitutional republic, if you know, our citizens are going to have to get reengaged and reassert themselves and uh, realize that the founders knew that the states uh, had more power than the federal government. They granted it very, very plainly laid out in the Constitution. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so you, you've passed the House. Have you already passed the Senate with this piece of legislation? Yes, I, I, I passed it through the Senate over a month ago. I got it through committee and okay. off the Senate floor, and then I uh, presented it in House Judiciary last week, and uh, it passed the House floor yesterday, and so it's on the governor's desk. All right, fantastic. That, I wasn't sure about that. Now I, I'm feeling a whole lot better. Uh, as the governor said that he'll sign it? Uh, he has not directly told me that, but I, I'm, I'm 100% positive the governor will sign this piece of legislation. All right. Well, congratulations, because uh, like I was saying uh, before you came on, uh, you're one of my favorite conservatives over in the Senate side because you're kind of a quiet guy. You don't say a whole lot, but everybody knows that when you see you say something, everybody's got to shut up and listen because it's something important that you have to say. You've thought out the whole process, and you're ready to talk about it. So uh, you're highly respected over in the state Senate. I think you know that, and uh, and you carry a big stick over there. Well, I, I appreciate that. My dad taught me that a long time ago about not saying a lot and thinking things through before you, before you speak because, you know, you can, you can get yourself in trouble. Well, I appreciate Robert, 
Well, you you do a great job. You've been you've been a really a shining light for conservatism over in the state senate. Uh, Robert Steinbach is here. Chris Corbett are here as well. Guys, you got a question for the state senator? Uh, I do. Um, Gary, it's so wonderful to have you on the Dave Ellswick show. Uh, I so appreciate everything you do. And Dave, of course, is 100% right that you uh, are one who speaks not a lot so that when we listen to when we hear you, we know it's all important, which is sort of the opposite of me. Virtually everything that comes out of my mouth is useless. Uh, And I I put you in the camp with Alan Clark, who's similarly really solid conservative. Uh, Gary, uh, without naming names, because I wouldn't do that to you uh, this early in the morning, uh, I got to say I'm disappointed in our state legislature in the sense that we have a lot of Republicans, but we don't have enough conservatives. We've got people sitting on their hands who aren't doing what needs to be done to have a conservative outcome. Uh, What are we going to do to make sure in the future the legislature is actually conservative? Well, I I truly believe that people are going to have to vet the candidates that are running for these offices. You know, I've always believed that we need to we need to fight for the right things, but we need men and women who are who are not ashamed and who are willing to push forward, you know, a godly vision for America. Uh, people who are grounded in the Bible, people who are grounded in the Judeo-Christian belief system, as well as the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. We have a lot of we have a lot of legislators that really do, do not study the Constitution. You know, our founding documents that made this country that. You know, that unique governing philosophy that our country was founded on in the Bill of Rights, we need to learn those and memorize those and know what our rights are and know before we can, you know, protect the liberties and freedoms of those individuals that elect us. Because I get tired of seeing people come to Little Rock, and I, I watch them on the campaign trail, and they promise this, they promise that, and then they go to Little Rock and vote just the opposite. That That is very troubling to me. I I have always believed that when you give somebody your word, you do it regardless. And we've got to find people that are going to, you know, keep their word to the constituents. Amen, brother. I'm with you you on that. Amen. All right. Go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. And I knew you you had a question. Go ahead. I, I just I just looked I haven't uh, looked at your record here, Mr. Stubblefield. It looks fantastic. I, the first one that jumps off the page for me was that you try, tried to uh, repeal the late fee for renewing your concealed license carry, and uh, I think that's fantastic. Looks like it didn't make it past the House, but it flew past the Senate. So, uh, and some of the other stuff you're doing looks great to amend the laws concerning the contractual waiver of a jury trial. Man, I like that. Uh, it's a, well, you know, I'm gonna, you know, we're Americans, and individual rights are inherent. Uh, I don't think the government has the right, and I know a lot of people are gonna disagree with me on this, but I just don't think the government has the right to force people to do anything against their will. That includes wearing a because if they can order you to wear a mask, they can order you to take certain cough medicines or, or wear a heavy coat. Uh, that's just not the responsibility. Uh, that's fantastic. That's up to the individual citizens. Right. Let me, let me jump Rob? in and Gary, Gary, let me, let me ask one last question of you. 20 states now 
have passed legislation that allows you to carry a firearm without any kind of permit. Are we going to be one of those 20 states uh, here in the future? Well, you know, I thought we already were. Uh, I was there back in, in 2011 and 12 uh, when Act 746 was was signed. And it, I don't know why that, that has become so complicated because it's not compli- complicated to me. I, I hope we are. And I, I, I think we need some clarification on that. It, you know, it's always where you are in the state, who's going to enforce it, who's not going to enforce it. But uh, we can't allow this small group of, of evil individuals who commit these gun crimes and their conduct to allow the federal government to take away guns and, and uh, do all the things that are coming down from Washington in regard to gun control. Because we all know that the, the final goal of their agenda is to remove all guns from all people. They, they made it very plain. I mean, I've heard Diane Feinstein say for many years that the American people need to give up their guns. And uh, so, yeah, I hope that's clarified. I really hope it's clarified and clarified soon. All right. Because this is a small group out there that are, that are doing it. You know, nobody ever mentions the fact that just it was just a month, less than a month ago, 15 people were killed in one incident in Chicago. But five people could get shot in Colorado or somewhere else. And the news media, that's all they play for three days. But they never mention the fact that 15 were killed in a city that has the strictest gun laws in the nation. Uh, that's, yep. that's not yep. part of the narrative. I, I'm with you. Well, I promised you only about 10 minutes, and I, I thank you for joining us this morning. I'll let you get back to what you're doing. I know that uh, you're you're an agribusinessman, and you got businesses that you got to take care of. We'll let you go, but we thank you, and congratulations on the sovereignty bill getting passed and soon to be signed into law by the governor. Thank you, Senator. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank All right, guys. We're all we're all done here on the Dave Ellswick Show for this hour. Coming up in the next hour, you guys are going to want to stay tuned, all right? And you're going to want to listen Dave. for sure, Chris, because we're going to hear yeah. David Ng come on. And there was a, a great movie, Grand Torino. You remember that one with Clint Eastwood? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Clint Eastwood. We're going, to talk, we're going to talk about that movie because David Ng says the can.
All right, let's move into our final hour today on a Friday edition of the Dave Ellswick Show. Good to have you along for the ride this morning. I've got a great guest for you from Breitbart who is joining us, and it's uh, David Ng. He wrote an article the other day that I was looking at the Breitbart website, and I read it in its entirety, and it was excellent. It was just absolutely excellent. We talk about movies uh, all the time here on uh, on our show and in fact matt smith will be with us at 735 uh the uh, you know main uh, owner and bottle washer of the uh, vip cinemas across central arkansas he'll be with us to talk about what new movies are opening uh this weekend and uh, what you might want to go out and see and let me highly recommend that you get out go to a movie now uh the state is open enjoy your freedom again you never lost your freedom, and, you know, they, they just tried to scare the living crap out of you. For some of you, uh, that worked. For others of you, it didn't. And uh, for all of us now, you can go on out. I went to Walmart just the other day here in Cabot and uh, walked into the store, and I would say three-quarters of the people were maskless, and that's good. I've had my shots. I've done my, my due diligence as far as that. You have to make up your mind whether you want to get a shot or not. But uh, I can tell you uh, the only problem I have with the third eye that appeared in the middle of my forehead is that I have a little dry eye and I got to put drops in it in the morning so that I'm not discomforted by it uh, later on in the day. But let's get to David Ng. He wrote an article about the cancel culture. And David, first of all, let me say thanks for giving us the time here on the Dave Ellswick Show to talk about this. And it was a it was a fantastic article because the cancel culture has no context that they work with. They do not look at what is on the screen, what's in a book, what's on a TV screen or whatever, and take it in context and what uh, what the person who wrote the script was trying to say or or trying to point out. And anybody who just gives a courtesy, you know, just a, a, a courtesy view of Gran Torino might think it's one of the most racist films in American history when in fact, it's just the opposite, and you pointed that out. But again, thanks for being with us today. And why don't you share some of your thoughts about Gran Torino? Yeah, so um, thanks for having me, Dave. Uh, it's great to be here. So Gran Torino has been one of my favorite Clint Eastwood films for a long time. And I remember when it came out more than 10 years ago, um, it was a huge hit. I mean, it was a hit everywhere. I mean, it grossed over $100 million domestically. The critics loved it. So it kind of shocked me um, when I started reading about um, people who were associated with the film and also people who weren't, who are complaining that the film kind of what they claim mainstreams anti-Asian racism. Um, there was a shock to me because anyone who has seen the movie um, and has a functioning brain knows that that's not true. In fact, it's the opposite. It's one of the few Hollywood movies. Um, that actually deals intelligently with race relations in the United States as as, as we're living them right now. So it, it kind of, I was kind of perplexed by it. And so I started reading them. And as you said, exactly right. They, they're taking things out of context and deriving outrage from that. And in the hopes yeah, that they, crazy. yeah, exactly. And in the hopes that they, you know, cancel, you know, as, as we said, uh, the movie and, and, and perhaps other movies like it. So it's, it's kind of um, baffling to me why they would pick a movie that is, A, um, very, very, um, I would say, um, not progressive, but definitely very open-minded, very compassionate, very moral, um, and to choose that. 
as a kind of symbol of racism is just, I think it just illustrates the ridiculousness to which uh, cancel culture has sunk to at this point. Well, one of the things that I, one of the actors or actresses said about the movie was that when they went to see it, they were upset that when he made these statements, these racist statements on screen, that people laughed at him. And, and let me just say that people laughed at him because you're not allowed to make those kinds of uh, statements anymore. And because of that, for, to hear somebody do that, it, it just it kind of tickles your funny bone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. It's like I said in the, in the story. It's it's the same reason we laugh at Archie Bunker, um, not because we agree with Archie Bunker or we find racism funny. It's because the, what he says is so alien to our ears right now. It's so taboo that it just it provokes a very strong reaction, and laughter is one of them. And you know, I'm Asian, and I laughed during Gran Torino because I found a lot of his lines funny, and they just are funny because coming from Clint Eastwood. Um, the way he delivers them in a kind of, you know, gruff, you know, kind of like over-the-top gruffness is really quite, quite hysterical. Um, but the people who are complaining about it are, are misguided, uh, obviously. Yeah. Because um, what, um, you know, what Walt Kowalski, who is the protagonist played by Clint Eastwood, goes through is a kind of transformation, or rather he realizes something about himself that he didn't know before. Um, and that's the point of the movie, not his racial slurs. Well, not only that he understands something different about himself, but that he plays it out and he he becomes friends with this uh, this family. Uh, I think of Vietnamese is what they are. Are they not? They're Hmong. They're the, the Hmong people are from Vietnam and and South China, so they're kind of like. Uh, a diaspora. Um, they were allies to the United States during the Vietnam War. And mm -hmm. as a result of that, many of them uh, immigrated to the United States after the war um, because they were our allies. Um, and they immigrated to states in the Midwest. Uh, obviously, Michigan, which is where Gran Torino takes place, but also Minnesota has a very large Hmong population. Um, so they've been, um, you know, a lot of these refugees have been in the United States for a very long time. So you have you have this young man that's in this movie that literally Clint Eastwood takes under his wing in a uh, a Clint Eastwood style, a former Marine style, and teaches him some things about America and what America stands for. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I think it needs to be said that the Grand Torino, the nineteen seventy two Ford automobile that uh, is at the center of the movie is a symbol. And it's a symbol of the American dream. It's a symbol mm -hmm. of American innovation, of hard work, of pride, um, pride in the country. Uh, in the movie, he's very proud of his car. The Clint Eastwood character is very proud of his car. And so it's, it, it symbolizes the kind of pride in America and the American dream. And it needs to be said that he doesn't bequeath his car to his family. He bequeaths it to the Asian kid next door who he initially hates, but who he learns to uh, become friends with and eventually becomes a father figure to. Um, so it, it's a very touching kind of conclusion to the movie that, he kind of, that the American dream belongs to this kid who worked hard um, and, he, and he earned it. And that's why the American dream belongs to him and not, um, you know, the Eastwood character's ungrateful grandchildren. Yeah, bottom line, it belongs, the American dream belongs to anybody who wants to work hard to attain it. That's what's great about that movie. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's, it's, that's his real message. You know, that's the message that anyone 
you know, who, you know, <laughs> who has seen it and has half a brain would, would, would come away with. So the people who are trying to cancel the movie, I think, are either deliberately misreading it or have another agenda in terms of trying to cancel people they don't like. All right. I got to take a prick break. I got to pay the bills. Can you stick with me just for a few more moments? I'd like to come back and talk about the cancel culture. And then I want to talk about these corporations now who are joining up with the cancel culture as well. About a quarter after seven, our guest is David Ng. He is with uh, Breitbart. Uh, you can read his uh, material on Breitbart.com. Uh, as you all know, I knew Breitbart personally. He was a, member, a, a part of my show uh, a lot of times. And Ben Shapiro and a lot of other people have been on uh, the Dave Ellswick show. And uh, we used to get together at CPAC and have dinner together. And he, he was here in, in uh, Arkansas several times when we brought him in as a speaker. So we'll come back. We're going to talk more with David Ng here in just a moment on the Dave Ellswick Show. You who have been listening to this show for the 20-odd years that I've been on here in Little Rock know how highly I hold the First Amendment of the Constitution. Uh, you know that when I was a young man, uh, I worked in my high school to you know, keep the, the principal from being able to, to spike our stories in the school newspaper and that I, I worked for free speech of what was going on out at Berkeley. Now, that has totally been turned on its head, and uh, the people who had fought for free speech now are fighting for censorship, which is just amazing to me. And now I fight the left like I had to fight sometimes against uh, the, the myopic right uh, back in, in the, the late 60s, early 70s. But here's the key. Freedom of speech is not freedom of speech if everybody doesn't have it. It's that simple. You know, the, the First Amendment is there for the people who say things that we don't like to hear, not for the people that we agree with. And uh, the cancel culture is, uh, again, another group that's trying to turn this on its head. And uh, corporations now are getting involved in it. And uh, I'm, I'm fed up with it. I'm fighting. I'm going to fight my dying breath about this. And uh, just listening to, and reading what David Ng said about Gran Torino, I got to believe that uh, he's worried about what they're doing. How do we fight back against this? These cancel culture people. It's it, it it's not a large group, but they got the ears of uh, of corporate America now. What do we do? Well, exactly. It's a very small uh, radical wing that's kind of controlling uh, the whole discourse. Now, look, there was a poll that was released yesterday that found that the vast majority of Americans are opposed to corporations uh, influencing political issues, influencing how we live our lives, influencing our thoughts and kind of, you know, clamping down in the case of Silicon Valley on how we express ourselves. So it's a very, very unpopular opinion among Americans, uh, a rather, rather unpopular um, uh, strategy among opinions uh, among Americans. And um but I think most Americans don't know how to fight back or they're scared or they don't want to lose their jobs because speaking out might cause people in their own companies to try to cancel them. So mm -hmm. it's a very, very precarious situation. Um, but there, and there are many ways we can fight back. There are, there are, there are ways we can fight back simply through our wallets, you know, um, by writing our congressmen, by, you know, by, by using other platforms um, other than Twitter and Facebook, um, although they have a monopoly in, in Silicon Valley represents its own particular problem in terms of, of, of corporate wokeness. 
Um, but you know what's happening in Arkansas with with Walmart and the and the whole uh, you know teen transgender uh, debate is I think a sign of of corporate cowardice because corporations are actually very very weak in terms of um, uh, in terms of their public image. Any hint of what 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 they call a threat to their quote unquote brand safety, uh, which is a term in marketing. Um, that they use, um, uh, they'll just fold immediately to the woke cancel mob. Um, and the media is complicit in that. Now, I used to work in the mainstream media. I used to work for the Los Angeles Times, which um, you know is a very left-wing uh, newspaper. And I remember that um, whenever you know, you know, Tucker Carlson would say something bad on Fox News, quote unquote, bad on Fox News, um, we were mobilized. We reporters were mobilized to uh, put pressure on on his advertisers to cancel him, to withdraw their, their advertising from his show. Um, that's part of the whole kind of like coordinated campaign between left-wing activists, the media, and corporations. They kind of all act in concert. Um, and it's a very, very powerful uh, strategy if you think about it. And it's, and it's directed, as you said, by a very, very small wing of, of the radical left who seem to have a disproportionate amount of power. Um, and I think corporations need to grow a backbone. I think one one way to do this, I think, is, is through shareholder meetings. I think people need to raise ruckus um, because corporations will answer to their shareholders. And if enough shareholders um, make a fuss, um, it might change things. That's one way to do it. Well, I got, I got to tell you, James O'Keefe is a friend of mine. Project Veritas is one of those great organizations that do great things. And this uh, latest uh, video material that he had of the CNN uh, uh, technical director uh, literally talking to him and saying, well, yeah, we were out to beat Trump and yeah, we, we fabricated news. Yeah, it was propaganda. And then turn around and Zuckerman and, and, and Facebook took away his Facebook. He can't, he can't be on Facebook now. And what he, he gave to people was just unvarnished truth. That's what it is amazing me now. I mean, they're they're making the decision of, you know, in their mind, that truth doesn't need to be seen by the American people. Oh, exactly. And Twitter also purged him as well. They purged James O'Keefe as well as the Project Veritas account. So both of them have been permanently banned. Wow. And, and, and a good thing, um, you know, I'm glad that James O'Keefe is fighting back. He's suing Twitter. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens. You know, he's, he's, um, you know, he's probably the most aggressive person on this front. Um, he sued the New York times for, for defamation, I believe. And, um, so he's, he's really fighting the good fight. Um, but I think, you know, in terms of, you know, um, you know, James O'Keefe and project Veritas, the mainstream media obviously hates him and they want him destroyed, even though if he had done the same thing to Fox news instead of CNN, they would be cheering him. Uh, he would be a hero. Yeah, they'd be. Um, yeah, they'd be cheering from the mountaintops on that one. Exactly. So it's completely disingenuous for them to say that he's spreading "quote unquote" disinformation when, in fact, he's just a competitor. And there, this is all a business maneuver on the media's part, uh, disguised as a moral imperative. Um, and it, it, I think most people see through it by now. Um, but the media and Silicon Valley act in concert, so it's very hard to get around them when they kind of control so much of of, of the ether. Um, but I think James O'Keefe is, is, you know, his lawsuit will be watched by many, many people. Yeah, I'll be watching it. That's for sure. And James is not a guy to back down. <laughs> he's, he's aggressive. No. He's going to attack. 
No, he's a real threat to the mainstream media because, as you said, what he what he puts out there is basically unvarnished. It's it's what the, it's 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 hard. It's impossible to refute it, and they can't refute it. So what they do, they silence him, and that's that's their mm-hmm. tactic. Instead of yeah, arguing with him, absolutely. instead of maybe instead of maybe saying, hmm, maybe we should report the news differently, they say no. We have to destroy James O'Keefe. We have to destroy you know Breitbart. We have to destroy Fox News. It's all a business maneuver. Um, but they're kind of uh, painting a kind of moral imperative uh, on the face of it to to make it uh, palatable to the left. Well, David, for my listeners, I mean, they can come to Breitbart and they can read your information. But if they want to go back and and read some of your previous columns, is I think I came across where they need to go. Muckrake is that the name of the website? No, that that's kind of like an aggregator for for all journalists. I mean, they can go to. Um, you know, just Breitbart.com and do a search on my name is probably the easiest. Or they can follow me on Twitter. Um, it's hey, um, it's David Ng. Uh, at, at, okay. at hey, it's David Ng. Um, but, um, yeah, that, that's probably the easiest way. Just so everybody knows, it's N-G, not I-N-G for you. Ng is N-G uh, is how you pronounce or how you uh, uh, publish his name. So, uh let me just ask you, what, where do you think we're, we're going to be at in just the next two years with these cancel culture people? Are corporations going to get more and more aggressive with cutting, you know, doing like Major League Baseball did about the Georgia uh, voting uh, law that they very obviously didn't read because they moved uh, the All-Star game to to Denver, Colorado, and in Colorado, the voting laws are stricter there than they are uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. So uh, where do you think this all ends up at? Yeah, it's kind of laughable, isn't it, when when, when, when you actually get down yeah, the, the material? Yeah, um, Look, I think um, corporations um, are self-interested, and I think the reason they're doing this is not because they agree necessarily with the woke left position, but, but they see it as a business opportunity. They see it as an opportunity to ingratiate themselves with the young progressive, uh, you know, kids who have, you know, the Generation Z, the millennials who have a lot of purchasing power right now. That's their goal. It's very cynical. They're using them and the left is using corporations. And I think that um, that's the reason they're, they're kind of going along with this. So I think we're going to see more of it um, unless the right uh, doesn't stop, um, you know, unless the right starts pushing back which I hope it does, and it is starting to do. Um, but I think we're going to see more of it because there is a business opportunity for them uh, to kind of take these woke positions, these woke public positions, and to kind of, um, you know, and kind of insinuate themselves in the politics of the country because they realize it will be a, a, a net gain for them if they can get these young people to be customers of theirs. All right. David Ng, he's with Breitbart, Breitbart.com. Uh, read his columns. He's got a lot of great things to say. And David, thank you for your time today here on the Dave Ellswick Show. You have a great weekend. Hey, thanks for having me. All right. We'll talk to you later again. David Ng here on the Dave Ellswick Show. He did a great job on this article on Grand Torino. You, you need to sit down and read that article because what he does is uh, just in a very methodical way shows you why the cancel culture is wrong. All right. Uh, if you write, if you watch grand Torino, it might make you uncomfortable, but you know what? Sometimes movies are, are made to make you uncomfortable to make you maybe 
look at something uh, that uh, reflects towards you a little bit. Uh, and, and you go, you know what? I understand where he's going with this. And Clint Eastwood, I think it's, I think it's his best movie he's ever done, to be honest. And look, I'm a Dirty Harry fan. I got Dirty Harry stand-ups in my studio. But the bottom line is uh, he, he was able to convey uh, in a very easy and, I think, uh, digestible way uh, the, uh, uh, the American dream. All right, we've got Rush coming up. And then David, uh, not David, but uh, we'll be talking to Matt Smith about movies playing at the theater this weekend. All right, back with you. Dave Ellswick show. Matt Smith is joining us. He is, of course, the man of the VIP cinemas here in central Arkansas, in Hot Springs, in uh, Little Rock, in Cabot, in Searcy, and up in Batesville as well. we got some new movies that are coming out this weekend we want to talk about. But I want to go back. We were having a discussion uh, during the break about David Ng and, and Ng was, and I talked about Gran Torino, which I think is, uh, I, maybe I was too, too strong in saying it was the best movie that, that Clint Eastwood did, but it is too strong. has to be considered in his, <laughs> it's got to be considered in his, in his top three. All right. Um, I, I will agree um, with you. Unforgiven is great. And, okay, and okay. flags of I our mean, fathers are great. I mean, don't, I love Grand Let's not get confused. I love all the political <laughs> statements and what's going on with culture and everything in Gran Torino. Don't get me wrong. That's cool. I, I, it's a great film. But when you look at Clint Eastwood, you look at his career, if you just take everything he did and you go from the very beginning, from you know being on Gunsmoke, whatever, and then you go all the way to Unforgiven. If he stopped at Unforgiven, if that was his last motion picture, and it was groundbreaking, it got all the Academy Awards, it really made statements about the entire genre of Western motion pictures and the Western and how that's a cultural touchstone for the United States and, and, and really mm-hmm. the world. If he had stopped at Unforgiven, good enough. Still the greatest career ever, a career that anybody that had ever been in Hollywood would have loved to have had. He could have just quit. But he did not. He went on after that and did a lot of motion pictures that were incredible and uh, very age-appropriate for him and that he could play very well. I mean, he continued to put in the work. So, But no, no, I mean, Unforgiven is, is Unforgiven could have been his swan song. And, wow, what a statement, what a career, you know? Well, I don't disagree with you on that. I, I love Unforgiven and the whole thing, the whole the whole thoughts on revenge and and uh, injustice uh, that were, uh, you know, played out in that movie. And like you said, uh, you know, that the horse opera is truly the opera of America and Americana. And, of course, all we did was move it to space to do Star Wars and everything else. Well, I mean, it's it's uh, the Cowboys are America's knights. Uh, they are um, America's. America's Samurai, uh, really, you know. So uh, that image, uh, that iconic image, you know, of the man on horseback with a sidearm, I mean, there's a reason. That was essentially um, the most popular genre from the time motion pictures uh, started being made into the 70s, you know. I mean, the Western was such a staple of movies for 75 years, right? 
So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can't walk away from that, and you you certainly can't you certainly can't walk away from the contributions that uh, Clint Eastwood made. No doubt about it. You know, I mean, oh, yeah. I agree. I mean, he's he done his his great share of westerns, no doubt. My favorite one, of course, just my my all time favorite, Outlaw Josie Wales. I love that movie, and uh, it's one of those movies if I come across it on on cable or on stream. I uh, I stop right there and I watch wherever I'm starting at and watch it to the end. It's a great movie. But let's talk about movies that are going to open up uh, this weekend. You got some new movies coming. There's uh, just around the bank and uh, just around the bend. We got some big movies that are getting ready to, to open up. Uh, bring it up. Bring those up for my listeners. Yes, absolutely. Now, you know, check us out at Riverdale10.com uh, in the Little Rock area. If you're down in Searcy, at CerseyCinema.com. Dave's hometown of Cabot is CabotVIPCinema.com. When you're running for mayor down there in Cabot, buddy, when? CabotVIPCinema.com. <laughs> Hot Springs is HotSpringsVIP.com. And, of course, up in Batesville, it's OaksVIPCinema.com. Now, we got some new stuff this week. Uh, we got a cool horror movie called um, In the Earth. It's rated R, In the Earth. And it is uh, from oh. um, Neon, that distribution company, and the director is Ben Wheatley. Cool little horror film um, that is out today and spooky, different, uh, kind of blurs myth and science. Uh, the way they've shot this is somewhat reminiscent of the Blair Witch Project, but okay. but digital camera work, um, digital photography, and and filming. Uh, you know, with those smaller cameras, those handheld cameras like that, you know, the technology has advanced so far um, in in that time frame between this movie and Blair Witch Project that it is really able to grab you and kind of pull you in more. And so you wonder as you watch the film, is this happening? Is this guy hallucinating? It's hard for you to know. Um, it, it is shot very well. It's directed very well in the earth, new today. Uh, now to kind of counterbalance okay. that, counterbalance that film, and In the Earth got a great review in Arkansas Democrat Gazette today, a uh, great review. Uh, to counterbalance that, we've got a cool little rom-com called Monday uh, from IFC Films. Uh, Sebastian Stan stars in the film. Um, it is about a uh, American attorney. This woman is on vacation in Greece, and she bumps into a... Um, American DJ who works in Greece, uh, love at first sight. They party all weekend. Uh, you know, they meet on Friday. Monday, she's got to go back to the States. Will she or won't she go? It's a goofball romantic comedy. And that's from ISC. Okay. It's new today. Yes, it's called Monday. Now, of course, uh, we still have uh, Voyagers on the screen from Lionsgate, a science fiction film. I know you've seen that. Yep, uh, it's The Lord of the Flies done in space. Yes, yes. We are still playing Unholy uh, with uh, Negan from uh, The Walking Dead, starring in that film. It's a horror film. Unholy still on the screen. Of course, Godzilla vs. Kong, uh, number one at the box office three weeks in a row. We're still playing that. Uh, Nobody with Bob Odenkirk uh, from um, uh, Better Call Saul and, of course, Breaking Bad. That action film, which is very John Wickish, is still on the screen. Uh, mm-hmm. Benedict Cumberbatch is in the true story spy thriller from the Cold War 
called The Courier. We're still playing that. that that's a must-see. That's a great movie. Uh, for the kids, Raya and the Last Dragon from Walt Disney. Tom and Jerry from Warner Brothers, both PG, still on for the kids. And then, of course, uh, last Friday we opened French Exit with Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, it's got a lot, a lot of uh, award nominations. And uh, it's a fish out of water, uh, kind of, kind of a dark comedy the way they put it all together. But it's great, great film. Philip Mark gave a great review last week in the. Uh, Democrat Gazette. So those films are all on. You can go to the website, Riverdale10.com, and check it out. Of course, um, free popcorn with ticket purchase on Wednesday if you have the TGI, Theater Group, Inc., popcorn bucket. Bring it in on Wednesday yeah. and get a free bucket of popcorn with a ticket purchase. And uh, of course, The bucket is you, back. It's back, brother. It's back. I know you got a bucket. And uh, we are honoring the 2020 the 2020 refill bucket is now the 2021 refill bucket. We're going to pretend last year never happened. And you can just bring that bucket in all the way until the end of this year. And so that 2020 bucket is good for refills until December 31st this year. And uh, you can bring it in any day and get a refill for 4 bucks. That's like a super extra large popcorn for just 4 bucks. And uh, bring it in on Wednesday, buy, buy a um, ticket, and we refill it for you for free. Yeah, that's back. We still got some dollar candies, three dollar nachos, of course, luxury leather recliners with tables and reserves seating in all auditoriums. And uh, Tuesday, all tickets are five bucks. And we've already got the Dave Ellswick classic movie Platoon, which is going yeah. to be Tuesday, May the eleventh at seven o'clock. Those tickets are on sale right now, and they are just five dollars. All right, let me just say that Platoon. Yeah, is one of my favorite war movies. And uh, when you go into it, don't think that it's a legitimate telling of the Vietnam uh, era. It's not. But it is a great war story or war movie uh, to watch. Some of the visuals that uh, they use in that are still being used today. It's a great, great movie. That's coming up. That's our classic for May. And next week, uh, on the 23rd, we'll have Mortal Kombat from uh, Warner Brothers Pictures. And we've got a movie next week called Together Together with Ed Helms. Patty Harrison is in the film. It is from Bleecker Street Entertainment. That starts next Friday as well. So two new ones next Friday. And go to the website, Riverdale10.com, get all this information. Be sure to go there and sign up for our free email newsletter. Uh, we've got some cool stuff going on. We've got an Oscar contest, and you can go to the website, Riverdale10.com, or the website for any of the theaters. Just click Oscar contest. There's a form for you to fill out. You pick who you think is going to win. You submit the form, and then we give away prizes for first, second, and third place. And it's free to do. costs you nothing. Just fill the form out and send it in. We're giving away some movie passes and some free concessions to the people that cool. pick uh, the Oscar winners. And we're doing that at all of the um, – all of the uh, theaters, all five theaters are doing this contest. Uh, I would encourage everybody to, you know, sign up and win the free uh, free passes. It should be easy to pick them this year. Um, I think you know, so. E easy to pick them this year. So, yeah, go check that out. Do the Oscar contest. You know, we do that every year, and that will give you a chance to win some free movie tickets and some free popcorn, things like that. It's on the website, Riverdale10.com. You can go there to sign up for the email newsletter. And, of course, we've got a – 
Facebook page. The link to like the Facebook page is on the website. You can follow us there, sign up for uh, notices on when we have events, when special things are going on. And, of course, uh, we're still doing our rewards club. You can join the rewards club, and you get points for every dollar you spend at the theater, and that turns into free movie tickets and free concessions. And it's free to it's join good. the rewards club. Good. So, yeah, check it's it out. It's great stuff. Hey, by the way, if folks go to Riverdale10.com, you can get to every other movie theater's website as well from that particular website. Yes, go to theaters, click theaters, and the drop-down menu will pop up. All right. You get right so down there playing. to the bottom and you see drive-in, that's in Missouri. <laughs> <All right. laughs> we'll get excited. Yeah, that's hanging out of St. Louis. But, uh, you know. we, haven't, we haven't talked about that in a long time, but you do have your own drive-in. It's cool, man. It's been a lot of fun. We've been there since 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 the nineties. Yeah, no doubt. I know about it's it. it's great. It's great. You no, need to buy the one over in Marshall, but that's another another story, another day uh, to no. talk about it. Hey, by the way, that new movie, that new horror movie you talked about opening, yes. is that only at Riverdale Ten, or that's is it going to be at some yes, of the other theaters? It's an exclusive from Neon. That's playing at Riverdale now uh, Monday, and uh, in the Earth are only at Riverdale now. Voyagers. Uh, Unholy, Tom and Jerry, Raya and the Last Dragon, Nobody, Godzilla vs. Kong, The Courier. That's at all locations. And then next Friday, Mortal Kombat will be at all locations. Those tickets are already on sale now for next Friday, Saturday, Sunday, next weekend. If you want to get the, the great tickets on the big screen in advance for Mortal Kombat. And next Friday, Together Together will be exclusively just for Riverdale. All right. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. We're going to go over some of these movies again for you. Uh, take out uh, your loved one or take out your kids. Go see Tom and Jerry this weekend. It's a fun movie. You'll enjoy it. Or Raya and the Dragon. That's a Disney uh, motion picture. You might want to go out and take your kids to that. Uh, all of this is going on at the VIP Cinemas, Hot Springs, of course, uh, here in Little Rock at Riverdale 10, out in Cabot at the Cabot VIP Cinema in Searcy at Searcy VIP Cinema, and then up in Batesville at the Oaks VIP Cinema. All of those theaters are owned by Matt. We'll come back, talk more here on the Dave Ellswick Show, our final break for this Friday edition. Final segment for this edition of the Dave Ellswick Show on a Friday. Matt Smith is with us. He is the owner, proprietor, main bottle washer of all the VIP cinemas across central Arkansas. We've told you about the new movies that are opening this weekend. Let's look out just a little bit, if we can, for the rest of uh, this year, Matt. Uh, some some decisions were made about Top Gun 2 and about the new James Bond movie. They're moving them back towards November. Uh, can you give us the latest on that? Yes. Well, uh, Paramount, Paramount puts uh, Quiet Place 2 on May 28th for Memorial Day weekend. Um, that's the scary movie, A Quiet Place, was such a huge, massive hit. Uh, I believe they moved A Quiet Place up because uh, people are familiar with the title. The marketing on that's already been done. It's ready to go, so they've moved it up on the calendar. They've also taken um, G.I. Joe, Snake Eyes, uh, and they've moved it up into the summer. It's been moved up on the calendar. Uh, and I think the reason behind moving up G.I. Joe is it is very much uh, more of a domestic United States uh, movie. 
Uh, and, yeah. and I think people are more aware of that in the United States. And the thinking is, by July, we are pretty much full blast movie going in America, right? You better uh, believe now, it. Uh, what's that? I said, you better believe it. By July, we're hitting all the big tip poles at that time. Yes, yes. And I think that's the philosophy of moving that up. America's ready to go. You know, we've vaccinated 200 million people in the United States. So, I mean, we're just yep. way out there leading the world. Uh, thanks to uh, Operation Warp Speed and uh, President Donald Trump, we have these vaccines and we are we are leading the world. So uh, we're back in July. So uh, that's why they moved up Snake Eyes. And then uh, Mission Impossible 7, uh, they're still shooting that. Uh, so they're mo- they've moved that back to 2022. And then with Top Gun, um, that movie uh, stars Tom Cruise. Uh, he likes to make international appearances. And that is very much an international picture. Uh, the original Top yep. Gun is just so worldwide and so worldwide known. And they've moved Top Gun Maverick back because they want that to open it, you know, every theater in the world. And and they I believe that when we get into the fourth quarter, that's something that we're going to be able to handle. You know, Europe, uh, you know, with socialized medicine uh, um, and South America with no medicine, they are so far behind in their vaccination. Um, uh, I mean, even Canada, also with socialized medicine, only vaccinated 3% of the country. Um, 25% of Americans have been vaccinated, by the way. So those places are so far behind us. Uh, they're going to have to catch up. And so, you know, the thinking is by the time we get into the fourth quarter, we get into, you know, that Thanksgiving time frame that places like Canada, Europe, um, Japan have caught up with us on the vaccination. And a movie like Top Gun can open at those theaters uh, in those cities. And Tom Cruise is going to be able to go to Toronto and, you know, Tokyo and, you know, wherever and promote the thing. Yeah, he'd go to Berlin. He always goes to Berlin. Yeah. And, and 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 do that. So I expect I expect that to be a monster hit. One movie we didn't talk about that I want to bring to everybody's attention because I think it's going to be a big hit, and that's Emma Stone and Carilla. Yes, yes, uh, that's PG thirteen. That is out May the twenty eighth. I think that's going to surprise people. Uh, I expect the marketing marketing for that to like really start gearing up on May the first to get people aware. Um, it, mm-hmm. It's got to get it's got to get its marketing going. A Quiet Place Two is pre-sold. People know already what's up with that. But yes, I oh, agree yeah. with you. I, I agree with you. Um, you know, if you look at May twenty eighth, you've got uh, A Quiet Place Two and Cruella that weekend. Uh, one film from Paramount and one film from Disney. And you know, I think people are going to be very surprised at uh, the the number of Americans that go to the movies. Uh, over that Memorial Day weekend, I think that's that's uh, we're six weeks out from that, and I I, I do think that's going to shock the uh, the naysayers, you know, uh, the people that. Well, let me that, just yeah, go ahead. I I went and saw Godzilla and King Kong the first day it opened, and it was sold out there in Cabot on both showings. It was I mean, it was really a, a great feeling to walk into the to the theater and have lines waiting at concessions. And everybody yeah. was all, all everybody was all jazzed up about seeing the movie. Well, you know, I've been open almost a year now. I mean, I opened back up on May the eighteenth when Asa allowed us to open. So, I mean, I've been open now for uh, eleven months, basically today. Right? Uh, there are theaters right. in the United States that are still closed, 
and there are some theaters that just opened back up for Godzilla. Uh, I would say probably uh, we might be at 60% now. We might have 60% of the theaters in the United States that are going to reopen, open back up. Um, and, and, you know, by the time we get into Memorial Day, anybody that's going to open back up will be open. And I, that will that will change the box office. Uh, you know, that communist Gavin Newsom out there in California, uh, he is, he is uh, you know, going to allow everything to be open there by June the 15th. Uh, movie cinemas are yeah, open. Yeah, because he doesn't want to be recalled. <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, you know, yeah. and I mean, uh, looks like Cuomo uh, there in New York uh, basically hassled every woman he ever saw in his life besides his mom. Maybe they'll get rid of that clown, yeah. too. Who knows? But uh, California <laughs> theaters are open now, and they're at 25% capacity. But by June the 15th, even the big arenas out there that are owned by AEG uh, for sporting events and concerts will be able to open back up. And I think that uh, we'll see those California theaters at um, 50% capacity by Memorial Day weekend, if not before. And so that's going to change the box office as, you know, uh, these communists allow Americans to go out and make free choices again and go where they want to go, you know. So if we get Gavin Newsom out of the way, you know. Yeah, we can we can get on with life. Thirty seconds. Uh, yes. Hey, uh, you're talking about Little Rock at Riverdale Ten. It's Riverdale10.com. New movies playing every Friday. Got some deep discounts for you. Come out and see us. Have a good weekend. All right. Same to you, Matt. Talk to you later, Matt Smith here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, just about out of time. I'll be back with you Monday at six a.m. Monday, don't miss the uh, seven thirty uh, half hour. The uh, chair of the Arkansas Republican Party. Janelle Fuller will join me on air uh, to talk about what's going on with the party. We'll uh, discuss that with her. And uh, we'll, do, we'll discuss the sovereignty bill that's on the uh, governor's desk for his signature. We'll talk about that as well. Play back a little bit of an interview I did today uh, with uh, uh, our, our, the man who was behind that. So we'll talk about that, too. Until then, have a great weekend. I'll see you Monday, 6 a.m. here at 101.1 FM. The answer.